0: Slave Narratives, A Folk History of Slavery in the United States from Interviews with Former Slaves, Volume 11, North Carolina Narratives, Part 1 by Various, Aunt Lucy's Love Story, an interview with Lucy Ann Dunn, 90 years old, 220 Cannon Street, Raleigh, North Carolina. My pappy Dempsey, my mammy, Rachel and my brothers and sisters and me all belonged to Marsh Peterson Dunn of Noose here in Wake County. There was five of us chillins Alan, Charles, Karina, Madura, and me, all born before de war. My mammy was de cook, and for full back as I members almost, I was a house girl. I fanned flags off de table and done a heap of little things for Miss Betsy, Marsh Peterson's wife. My pappy worked on de farm, which was bound to have been a big plantation with two hundred and more niggers to work hit. I members when word come that war was declared, how Miss Betsy cried and prayed, and how Marsh Peter quarreled and walked de floor cussing de Yankees. The war comes on just the same, and some of the men's slaves was sent to Roanoke to help build the fort. Yes, ma'am, the war comes to de great house and to the slave cabins just like. The great house was large and whitewashed with green blinds, and the slave cabins was made of slabs with plank floors. We had plenty to eat and enough to wear, and we was happy. We had our fun, and we had our troubles, like little weapons when we weren't good, but that weren't often. After so long a time, de rich folks has tried to hire and make the poor white trash go in their places, but some of them won't go. They have treated so bad that some of them sides to be Ku Kluxes, and they goes to de woods to live. When we starts to take up the eggs, or starts from the spring house with the butter and milk, they grabs us and takes the food for themselves. This goes on for a long time. And finally, one day in the spring, I sits on the porch and I hear a roar. I was responsible for the on some days, so I sits to the messes. I reckon that i better get in de goslins case I hear hit a thunderin'. That ain't no thunderin' nigger. That am de cannon, she says. What cannon I axes Why de cannon what day am fighting with, she says. Well that evening I is out getting up de Goslin's when I hears music. I looks up the road and I see flags and bout that time the Yankees are there killin' as they goes. They kills de the geese, de ducks, de chickens, pigs, and everything. They goes to de house, and they takes all de meat, de meal, and everything they can get their paws on when they goes to de kitchen where Mammy am cookin, she cussed them out and run them out in her kitchen. They sure am a rough lot. I ain't never forgot how Miss Betsy cried when the news of the surrender come. She ain't said nothing, but Mars Peter, he makes a speech saying that he ain't had to sell none of us, that he ain't whooped none of us bad, that nobody has ever run away from him yet. Then he tells us that all who wants to can stay right on for wages. Well, we stayed two years, even though my pappy died the year after de the surrender. Then we moved to Mars Peter's other place at Wake Forest. After that, we moved back to News. It was in the Little Baptist Church at News where I first seen Big Black Jim Dunn, and I fell in love with him then, I reckons. He said that he loved me then too, but it was three Sundays for he asked to see me home. We walked up my home in front of my mammy, and I was so happy that I ain't thought here a half of my home. We ate cornbread and turnips for dinner, and it was night before he went home. Mammy wouldn't let me walk with him to the gate, I know, so I just sat there on the porch and says night. He come every Sunday for a year, and finally he proposed. I had told Mammy that I thought that I ought to be allowed to walk to the gate with Jim, and she said all right if she was sitting there on the porch looking. That Sunday night, I did walk with Jim to the gate and stood under de honeysuckles that was a smellin' so sweet. I heard the big old bullfrogs a-croakin' by the river and the whippoorwills a-hollin' in de the woods. There was a big yellow moon, and I reckon Jim did love me. Anyhow, he said so and asked me to marry him as he squeezed my hand. I told him I'd think it over, and I did, and the next Sunday... I told him that I'd have him. He ain't kissed me yet, but the next Sunday he axes my mammy for me. She says that she'll have to have a talk with me and let him know. Well, all that week she talks to me, telling me how serious getting married is, and that it lasts a powerful long time. I tells her that I knows it, but that I am ready to try it, and that I intends to make a go of it anyhow. On Sunday night, Mammy tells Jim that he can have me and yo order to see that black boy grin. He comes to me without a word and he picks me up out in that chair. And there in the moonlight, he kisses me right for my Mammy who am crying. The next Sunday, we was married in the Baptist Church at Nears. I had a new white dress, though times was hard. We lived together 55 years and we always loved each other. He ain't never whooped nor cussed me, and though we had our fusses and our troubles, we trusted in the Lord, and we got through. I loved him during life, and I love him now, though he's been dead now for twelve years. The old lady, with her long white hair, bowed her head and sobbed for a moment. Then she began again, unsteadily. We had eight shillings, but only four of them are livin' now. The livin' are James, Sydney, Helen, and Florence, who was named for Florence Nightingale. I can't be here so much longer now, cause us getting too old and feeble, and I wants to go to Jim anyhow. The old woman wiped her eyes. I thinks of him all de time, but seems like we're young again when I smell honeysuckles or see a yaller moon. End of Section 53. Read by Carol Sutton, Knox, Pennsylvania, April 25, 2022.